I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theatre Company in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm Mike Fisher, Milwaukee-based theater writer and dramaturg. I'm Jenna Poff-Grave, Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theatre Company, and this is Theatre Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theatre from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. And welcome to episode 10 of Theater Forward, our first little milestone. Yay! Hello! (laughs) So this week's conversation is about how the handling of guns and gun violence on stage is changing. And this um, is something we got into several times this season here at Forward, and it really seems... um, like a timely topic of conversation. As it's been for a long time, despite the changes, you know, it goes back to Chekhov saying, if you're going to bring a prop on stage that's a gun, you better darn make sure you use it before the play is over. And now, interestingly enough, we did uh, Skeleton Crew by Dominic Morisot, um, first show of this past season. And there's a gun. And Des, the character, takes it out of a backpack, moves it to another bag never fired. And I remember at intermission, my son came to me and said, so who does Des shoot? Or does or does someone shoot Des? What happens with the gun? And so, yeah, we do. We have rules. We have rules that, that um, audience accepts. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That there are rules. We we will give you this, and this is what this will mean. Well, and what's interesting, and, and this kind of gets at how, how things are evolving now, is that it wasn't just your son at intermission mm-hmm. coming up to you in the lobby. I had countless patrons coming to me who wanted to know when the gun was going to be fired because they found um, gunfire so terrifying. They felt that they needed to know when it was going to happen. You know, this gets into the pun intended trigger warnings, which is a whole separate conversation. But but the mere appearance of the gun got people so worried that they couldn't focus on the story. And that is very much, you know, tied to what's happening in our community. And, you know, bringing that together with your Chekhov quote, Mike, you know, I, we closed this past season out with Aaron Posner's play Life Sucks, which is a, a contemporary riff on Uncle Vanya. So, of course, there is a shooting that happens on stage. And this is a comedy. This is not a big drama. Um, it's everything's handled in a in a comedic way. But as the director of that piece, the amount of thought and consideration that went into how that gun was going to be handled, how the prop was handled, how loud could the sound effect be? Where was the actor going to be standing relative to the audience and the other actors? Where was he going to be pointing the gun? Um, and and how uh, actively we were working to let the audience know ahead of time that there would be gunfire. Um, took their recommendation and told them exactly where it is. Yeah. Too. Our notice was there will be gunfire after the second, you know, after intermission. So yeah. Really clear. Being really, really happen. clear so that it wouldn't be a scary, um, threatening moment in a comedy that, that people would be very prepared for it. And it's, it's changed. We've done plenty of plays, even, you know, I've, in my career, but here at Forward in our first decade, we've done many plays that involve um, the appearance of guns, gunfire on stage. 
And things have really, our, the audience's um, comfort level has dramatically shifted. You know, you think about um, an incident from just a couple of months ago in San Francisco um, at a performance of Hamilton. And there was a scene where there was a sound effect of gunfire. And that, you know, that happens every night. Hamilton's performing across the country and now other places around the world. Um, and that happens every night. But this particular night, there happened to be a medical emergency happening at the back of the house at the same time. And some audience member hearing the gunshot coming from the stage, being aware of the um, the hubbub that was happening elsewhere in the house due to a medical emergency, thought that there was an active shooter, yelled gun, and there was a stampede in which people were injured getting out of the theater. And that's the world that we're living in now. And so as a director and artistic director, the things I have to think about now in how guns get used on stage so that we won't scare the living daylights out yeah. of our audience and even potentially put them in a situation where people get injured. It's, it's, um, it's distressing. Well, it's, least. I mean, it's the inf- unfortunate world we live in right now in 2019 country we, in. country. we live in country. Um, that, that should be, um, yeah, highlighted. Um, I think about, uh, at first, first tech rehearsal, our stage manager tells the actors, um, they've always told them if there's in case of a fire, this is what happened. If there's an emergency in the audience, just leave the stage. You know, I'll come over uh, the God mic and talk to the audience. And now we do active shooter training and we have a piece of paper in the back of the theater telling people where to run to and where to meet up at active if if in case of an active shooter. So these are all things that because of the way our country is working, it, it, people, those same people are coming into the audience and we have to, we have to acknowledge that and acknowledge those trigger warnings and that the um, fear of a potential shooter in a public space. Well, and it sounds like one of the reasons things went south in San Francisco is because they didn't have the kind of training or preparation in place. Um, I mean, there was massive criticism of the House afterwards for the way in which it handled this whole thing because it did not do this kind of training. And I think, you know, doing those kinds of things, both to ensure the safety uh, of performers. I mean, there's all these equity rules now on what has to be done anytime a gun is going to be used on stage. Awesome. Um, making sure that you warn audiences if there are going to be guns. Yes. But to me, going beyond that in terms of worrying so much about audience comfort or safety that you're potentially undermining the power of what theater is supposed to be is a problem. I mean, theater is supposed to be risky. It's supposed to be scary. Uh, you know, you take this too far and 400 years ago, we wouldn't have had ghosts. Um, on stage, which I thought of because in a Hamlet I just saw at Chicago Shakespeare, they were shooting at the ghost in ways that were not prepared for. There was no warning in the lobby. And all of a sudden it was a modern dress Hamlet, but there was no sense the guns were going to be pulled out and they were shooting at the ghost. To me, that was not a, a, a inappropriate thing. It was thrilling. Um, and it added to the sort of experience with that frisson that you're supposed to get when you go to a really great play. I guess the one place I would take issue with that, though, Mike, is that because of this country that we're in and and where we're at right now in America, like I'm all for having people feel scared living and breathing with the characters. But I but I also am aware that it's a not um, inappropriate thought to be afraid that there could be an active shooter 
in a big public space like a theater who could actually cause an audience physical harm or, or, or death. And that's the difference is it's not that I don't want people to be surprised or, or emotionally, you know, sort of feeling the, the fears and emotions of the characters and, and again, surprise, but we now live in a world where if a gun suddenly appears and you haven't been told that a gun might appear, you might think that it's an active, an actual threatening situation and not part of the play. Or at least That's, takes you out. Right. Do you know what I mean? That you might not be concerned for your own safety, but it will take you out for a minute. And how how do you balance that? I mean, right. I'm, I'm totally with you on we want the surprise and we want. But but if it makes an audience go inward or stop watching, stop feeling that's not effective either. Yeah. So I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think it's something that un, unfortunately, really, truly, unfortunately, we will have to grapple with for quite a long time. And I'm OK with, um, you know, in that particular instance mm-hmm. that I cited, the gun was fired upstage in, into the air, sort right. of away from um, the audience. Uh, you know, they didn't have warnings, but if there are warnings that are going to be used, I am completely OK with that in the same way that we get warnings for strobes or we get warnings for smoke and fog. I mean, those are things that could be a medical issue for some people, and that is fine. But what scares me is that we're not you're getting to a point where where artistic directors are uncomfortable, as are their boards and some audience members, with even staging certain plays um, because of the the violence that's incorporated within them. And a really great example is Brandon Jacob Jenkins' Gloria, a fantastic play uh, done at the Goodman um, a few years ago. And now I have to tell you, there will be a spoiler. So turn this off right now (laughs) if you don't want to hear what I'm about to say. But at the end of Act One, in an office that very much resembles the New Yorker, where uh, Jacob Jenkins once worked, uh, there is a mass shooting which ends with the shooter turning the gun on herself and blood splattering all over the stage. Uh, And when I saw that at Goodman Theater, uh, having not known that that's what was coming, I was, as was most of the audience, definitely shocked. Um, And it maybe would have taken us out of the play uh, to the point that that you're making. But what happened was they they took an intermission uh, right there. And then you spent the rest of the play in a way that's really crucial, I think, for this country right now because of this horrible moment we're in, wrestling with the aftermath of what something like that means for our society and for the people who had lived through it and experienced it. And it was terrific. And the idea that really great directors like John Lang's in Seattle uh, is now on record as saying, I'm uncomfortable right now, maybe in a future season, staging Gloria just breaks my heart. I mean, I understand where he's coming from, but it is plays like that are plays we need to be doing and talking about so that we can have a better sense of what we're doing to this country because of the craziness with our, our gun culture. I, you know, it's, that's the perfect example of how heartsick this whole situation makes me as a, as a director and as an artistic director, because I first read Gloria several years ago and fell in love with it. I think it is one of the most exciting plays I have read, um, in the past, you know, five years. I advocated as, you know, Julie and others here at Forward can attest. I advocated really passionately for several years now that we should do it. Um, and, and to uh, a lot of resistance from other members of the company that just did not want to see that kind of violence on stage. And I really, um, 
was agreeing with you, Mike, that like we need to see these stories. We need to talk about um, the impact and um, and and what is going on in theater is the I think the best possible way to to grapple with some of the issues that we um, deal with as a society. And it's over the last six to twelve months. I too, like John Langs, I've moved away from as an artistic director, feeling like this is a play that we could program here at Forward, and it's not an issue with what happens on stage. It's an issue with, um, seeing firsthand, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the lobby before every performance in intermission and doing the talkbacks afterwards, talking to everyone in the audience. We've done so many plays of late that even talk about guns, that even mention guns, that picture a gun. And the audience is so traumatized just in life by this, that it starts to feel um, like a brutalization to make, to bring them in and sit, sit there. And if you, if you mm. go to the lengths for a play like Gloria that we went to with life sucks to tell everybody, and there's going to be a gunshot and here's where it's going to happen. I mean, in life sucks, we used a gun where we worked with the brilliant Jim guy, who's one of the leading experts in the country on, um, stage weapon safety. He works at Milwaukee rep. He came in and worked with us. He's a genius. We work, what is the lowest load that we can have in a prop gun to make it not scary? How can we point it so that it doesn't seem threatening? The amount of work that we went to, to make that feel safe for this comedy. You can't do that for a play like Gloria without completely undermining the impact and effectiveness of the show. And it's just, it makes me, it it makes me heart sick because I, I do believe that theater should not be an overly safe space, that we should be comfortable taking rough things on and, and putting our audiences in uncomfortable positions. But I also don't believe personally in, in brutalizing the audience. And this issue of gun violence has gotten us to a place where people feel brutalized just being in the presence because it is such an right. omnipresent threat. And that I, that is true. I mean, it's guns and it's a whole bunch of things. This idea of trigger warnings and what we have to make sure audiences know before they get into a production. Now, the purists, and I think, Mike, you are one. Uh, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> as well you should. As well you should say, no, you know, come in blind, see a play. And But we are forced to... Um, take the safety and mental safety of our audiences into consideration. And I'm not saying you don't, Mike. I'm just saying that it's another layer of the production of theater that we have to consider. And I personally also loved Gloria. You gave it to me, Jen, and said, just read this without saying anything. Just read this. And I went, oh, my God. And um, we can't. I don't think we can do it. And it breaks my heart because I love that play. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But where does it stop? I mean, for me, yeah. for example, mm-hmm. one of the most, probably still the most harrowing moment I've ever had on stage was when I was reviewing uh, a first stage uh, uh, production of Jimmy DeVita's Midnight Cry about the Underground Railroad. Uh, and you had Malkia Stampley playing the woman who was running. And she was figuratively whipped on stage with an actual whip that was obviously much shorter than the distance she was downstage from the upstage overseer. And there were people, including yours truly in the audience who were weeping because it was so traumatizing uh, to see this physical embodiment of one of the worst and most horrible things in American history. Are we going to not be able to do that because an audience is traumatized? Are we not going to be able to show sexual assault because an audience is traumatized? Are we not going to be able to show nudity because an audience is traumatized? I think the difference though, Mike, is that when you, I mean, those are all 
horrible and affecting and difficult things to see on stage. But when you see a character being whipped on stage or you see a character being assaulted on stage, you don't have the added threat feeling for the audience that that person's being whipped. Oh my God, there's someone behind me who might actually be there to whip me. Whereas when you hear a gunshot today in America, even if it's happening on a stage and it, it makes sense that you see the, it happening to the characters, there's a little part of you that, it, you know, in, in our like sub whatever brain that's wondering, is there an actual shooter here in the space that's here to shoot people? Or a shooter could come in now because we're covering it with this action I mean, on the stage. Our brains right. go in crazy places. So it's not quite yeah. the same as, as watching something difficult. Right. It's that by portraying this specific thing on stage, we actually cause the audience to, to, for that moment, worry that there's that actual physical threat to their own safety in that moment in the space. And that's what I haven't yet figured out how to balance. Is it maybe just providing to the a point both of you have made really good warnings for audiences? Because, we, you know, with Hamilton or Les Mis or even Oklahoma, you know, going in, there's going to be guns. And mm-hmm. so you sort of accept the ending of the Oklahoma on Broadway right now, which if it doesn't win out um, in the Tonys on Sunday night for best revival of a musical, I will eat my hat. <laughs> which by the uh, time everyone hears this, they'll know. <laughs> uh, uh, is, 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 has a horrid, horrible uh, moment at the end that has been redone from the original by, by Daniel Fish, in which there is uh, blood that splatters over shooters um, in, in a way that's absolutely chilling um, to see. But you know in Oklahoma you're going to get right. guns. Uh, and so that's just sort of an expected part of the contract. You know with assassins you're going to get guns, um, the, the Sondheim musical. So maybe that's just an expected part of the contract. And then if you show. have a problem with guns, you know, a real <laughs> visceral problem, you don't go to that show. Right. But that doesn't answer the question of the shows that you don't know if they have guns. You know, the surprise, the surprise factors we're talking about. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm glad that you raised Oklahoma, Mike, just because um, that Broadway production of Oklahoma um, is doing something uh, really fantastic that I think we might see more of in our industry in the future. And that is that they were the first Broadway production to sign on to be part of a program that started last year in Hollywood called Gun Neutral. Um, and this was started by some producers out in, in LA who were looking at the fact that a lot of entertainment involves guns. And the goal is not to remove guns as a storytelling tool for for writers because they are a part of the world and they it, we should be allowed to have that be a part of our storytelling. But also acknowledging that, you know, sometimes um, whether it's film or television or theater, that, that guns can be glamorized, that it be, that it sort of contributes to the problem. And so these two producers um came up, they worked for a program, uh, for a company called Level Forward. So I just love that, of course. Um, But they came up with this gun neutral initiative where they are calling on their peers to set aside a line item in their budget so that every time they're using a gun in a production, in a TV show, in a film, that uh, they set aside some money that goes to funding programs that work both to remove weapons from the streets and to fund arts programs in neighborhoods that are disproportionately impacted by gun violence. And so this is a relatively new program in um, film and television, but the Broadway production of Oklahoma that's currently running became the first theater production to sort of sign on to be a part of this. And we actually read about that um, as we were preparing to do Life Sucks. And so 
um, we did something similar here at Forward, and we made a donation to WAVE, the Wisconsin anti-violence effort that is the leading um, advocacy group working to end um, gun violence here in, in our state. Um, but but sort of I, I was excited by um, this initiative to uh be proactive in our industry uh, about this gun issue and find ways where we can be artistically free and also have a sense of responsibility about the stories that we are telling. So that's at least one small little positive um, development, I think, uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do believe this has to change and evolve in the future, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know when that's coming or, or how things are going to look. It's, it's uh it's a lot. <laughs> well, what you've said points the way forward in terms of this program, because that does in a way square the circle. As you said, we have to have, we are going to balance artistic creativity and freedom on the one hand with the need to be responsible on the other. And to me, again, my maximalist position on this issue or purist, as Julie rightly points out, <laughs> isn't because I don't understand how horrific guns are. I get upset thinking about what gun violence is doing to this country you know, every day. It's impossible anymore to get through a day without hearing about something. Right. But I'm, I'm firmly of the belief that talking about it uh, is, and talking about it through theater, which we all believe is a medium that helps us do this, is the best way. Uh, you know, Real quickly, a, a quote um, from a Massachusetts high school director who was faced with the idea of removing guns from Miss Saigon, which just wouldn't work in Miss Saigon. And he refused. And he said, quote, these kids are practicing being empathetic and feeling other people's pain or pleasure through acting. You can't always avoid evil in the world. And what are you going to do when it happens? And the kids shall lead the way. Um, Well, I think we're going to leave it there because it's not like we're going to solve this overnight, but hopefully this was um, an interesting and and informative conversation. Um, That's going to be it for this episode of Theater Forward, a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jenna Poff Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden, and you can follow us or share your thoughts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Forward Theater, as always with an E-R. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you might tune in. We're grateful to have you listening, and we'll be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation.